0: wonderful to be with you. Um, amazing. I'm glad the honey has gone. Um, I will bring much more next time. So, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, tomorrow. I'll bring a box. To tomorrow. Um, um, the lay of the land. I'm sorry that I don't have... All visual stuff—you have to rely on your your prehistoric stuff, um, your ability to read. Um, first of all, it's uh, it is wonderful to be um, with you here. I, I think for me and Chevy—we um, we've had the privilege of working so much over the years with small groups and watching them grow and it's quite astonishing how God just takes us few of us and makes big churches. Um, and that's a very very special thing. It's amazing how God brings people through the door, they become Christians. They become very excited Christians. And they bring their friends too. And soon this room will be a memory that you talk about. Yeah, and you say that we used to meet there, beside wherever we are. <laughs> um, and the people go, wow, really? And uh, that's God. God yes. is amazing. Um, the title of a message, I have message, I have the start of the message is um, is the lay of the land. Turn to Mark, chapter four, please. Um, Jesus tells parables to explain some simple things that he really wants us to understand. And today we're going to focus on the parable of the sower. Does anybody know why the parable of the sower is particularly notorious or well-known? Does anybody know what is unusual about it? Um, It's in all Gospels. So it's definitely meant for us to appreciate the lay of the land. Maybe a bit like the honey. Um, I come from a farming background and land is a very interesting thing. Some land is very fertile um, and produces a lot like I'm from, you might get four tonne an acre of wheat of land. <clears throat> Other land is not so good, and as hard as you push it, you'll do well to get two tonne an acre. It's a bit like what we're being told here, that land is what it is. And Jesus wants us, when we look out and we see many people around us, not to be deceived, but to realize that people are what they are. People are what they are. And sometimes we can get frustrated and we can feel like, well, more should happen or more people should be responsive to Jesus. But the truth is people are what they are and land is what it is. Some land, you're going to get a little farming (laughs) lesson now, some land is amazing. You go down through about a metre of topsoil and you come across chalk. That's the best land. And the roots of the plants which go down literally so far, metres and metres and metres, they will draw up the nutrients. Other land is hopeless. Some land has been used for landfill and on the surface it looks great. But down below are Sains carry bags, (laughs) bottles from, you know, and you just can't get that to produce the same thing as this incredibly rich quality land, which you get. Where I'm from, it doesn't rain much. Um, I come from Essex, Farming of Essex. Um, Some parts of the country has amazing rainfall. Um, You have reasonable rainfall here, but some places like Cheshire, um, places like um, Cornwall or Somerset, have incredible rainfall, and grass just grows, and cattle produce milk by the gallon. You know, there are no dairy herds in Essex because there isn't much rain, but in the whole world, Essex grows the best cricket bats. there's something about, there's something about the amount of rain, the amount of whatever it is, the, the willow produced in Essex is the best willow in the whole world. No. And it's where they produce more cricket bats than anywhere else, anywhere, anywhere else, anywhere. <laughs> What's my point? Well, land is what it is the lay of the land and I know what it's like to be a long-term Christian. You try and share your faith and you can get a bit frustrated sometimes. You can feel like why aren't people more responsive. I think it was just the same in Jesus' day. I appreciate Merv's prayer. When I was in Chandler's Ford last time, I was preaching, and his prayer was that we might lead the world out of worldliness. Remember that, Marv? That was your prayer. Um, But I'm reminded of things like the book of Joshua. I'm doing Joshua in my quiet times at the moment. And God says to Joshua, Moses is dead, but now go and lead the people into the promised land. He gives an amazing promise. He says, wherever you put your foot, I'll give you that place." I always think that's what i like for us. Wherever we go, just like you guys have the faith to have a church service here, wherever we put our foot, God will do amazing things. Now, reach is a work of the spirit, it's not a work of, of human effort, it's a work of the spirit. You know, I think of Becky, you know, busy in her, I saw your hospital, it's got blue roof, it's massive. But, you know, it's, it's very exciting that just a little way from here is that incredible hospital, and that can be such an amazing place for God to bring people to him through the outreach of Becky. I know Becky's reached out to Sam and others. It's very special. Let me read for you. Um, we'll start in Mark chapter 4 and we'll start in verse 3. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path <clears throat> and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. That's modern day landfill. <laughs> it sprang quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, where it grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. And came, up, ate, and came up, grew, and produced a crop. Um, some find 30 or 60 or even 100 times. Skip down to verse 14. Uh, <coughs> this is Jesus explaining the parable. The farmer sows the words. Some people like seeds along the path where the seed is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that were sown in them. Other seeds sown on a rocky bases hear the word that once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble and persecutions come because the words, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the words, but the worries of this life, the zealous of wealth, the desires for other things, come in and choke the words and make it unfruitful. Others, like seed, sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what we're God is wanting to encourage us here. You know, often we can feel like, why aren't we able to have more impact? That's how people felt in Jesus' day. But he says, I want you to understand that people are like soil. And the lay of the land is complicated. Not everyone is open. Um, There's somebody who serves you in Greg's um uh, vegan sausage rolls or something um, and she's thinking about God she's praying and she's saying God please help me to find you there's another guy who services your car and he's not about God at all He's maybe thinking about getting his girlfriend pregnant. He's maybe thinking about, you know, just whatever he might think about. He's not thinking about God. There's somebody else, and that person is aware of God, but there's so much other stuff going on in his mind that there's no space. You may invite him or invite her, but there's no response. There's a wonderful verse which I'd like to read. Same page, verse 26. Um, this is a verse that we, uh, um, that I often think sort of sums up. And said, so "This is what the kingdom of God is like: a man." Scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. On itself, the seed produces grain. First a stalk, then the head, and then a full kernel of wheat. This is Jesus' illustration of people. This is what he says, people like. Now, I want to encourage us that, you know, God will use us and do amazing things. But when we get, see the lands maybe on the path, of the shallow soil, of the rock. There's no reason to get discouraged. That's just the lay of the land. That's what Jesus says it's like. You know, it's amazing how we see these little gems of truth here in the scriptures. This is what people like. But there is good soil to And we have to work through <clears throat> the soils one to three in order to find the fourth soil. It does exist. Sometimes you feel like, where are the people who love God? You pray for them, I pray for them. God, lead me to people that love you. And yet sometimes you meet people on the path, you meet people in the shadows, but it seems like you never meet anybody with a good heart to respond. Maybe you start with the people and you think this person's really, they really are so close to being a Christian, but they're the, they're the rock, they're the... They're swamped out by things. They're thinking about a relationship they want. They're worried about money that they haven't got, that they need. They're worried about how they're going to pay for their mobile telephone. They're worried about these things, and as a result, they are responsive to God's word. lay of the land. But you know, there is a promise there for us that it's not straightforward but the good soil is out there. Mm. You know, some of us, we're not exactly good soil ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us have quite complicated backgrounds. I have a complicated background. My relationship with my dad was terrible. Now, those of us who had a poor relationship with our dads know how difficult that makes becoming a Christian because you mistrust authority. You don't feel like When you see a policeman, you think, oh, he's a really nice guy, he wants to help me. You think he's going to use his position to abuse me or use me and just push me from A to B, from pillar to post. That's what it's like when you don't have a good relationship with your dad. Maybe I generalize, but it's true for me. You know, God has great plans. I'll, with, I'll read it. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. I'll read it for you. Isaiah 55, verse 11, it says, And so my word goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. There's a gem of truth for us that God's word has an impact. You know, I'm still amazed that I became a Christian. I so nearly didn't become a Christian. Now mention that. In a few moments. You now I was a very outdoor person. I never read a book <laughs> until I was about 16 I think. School was, no children here, <laughs> school was um, brilliant because you got to see your friends but it was a real waste of time. (laughs) I mean, you could have been um, making something or I don't know, feeding chickens or something or or riding a horse, Um, but you know, God has plans. You know, I was a very outdoor character. I had a dog, a little dog, uh, a collie dog called Blotch. I called her Blotch because she had a black patch on her tummy. She was called Blotch, and because of Blotch, I decided at the age of seven, at the age of five, I was going to be a vet. I was going to be a vet researcher. Now I didn't have the brains to be a vet. but I loved horses, I reared pigs, I reared goats, I used to feed ducks every morning, kept their duck eggs. I didn't like chickens but I looked after them and I loved horses but I decided as a result of that I would be a vet. At school I did terribly, (laughs) not because I wasn't clever, I was quite clever. But I had no motivation for school, none at all. But I wanted to be a vet. I took GCSEs. Did anybody else take GCSEs? What's the fewest anybody got here? <laughs> I got a U in English language. That was a U was unclassified. <laughs> School teachers among us. Sorry about this. I won't come back. Cause I, have been uh, I got a U and I was terrible at English. Terrible. Um I retook it and got an E. I retook it again and got something else. But I passed it on my fourth time. English language, that's the hardest exam on the. ever. So. <laughs> <coughs> but I wanted to be a vet. So I did my levels. In fact, I got my A level results. I worked very hard on my A levels. Um, The school got my A level results and they were so shocked about my A level results, they sent them back to the (laughs) examine board and said he couldn't have got these. (laughs) (laughs) That's not very supportive of (laughs) school. Please don't do that to little thing. Never done. No. I got my grades and I got into vet college. Yeah. <clears throat> what was God doing? God has a plan. I got very disillusioned in my first year of vet school because I realised that vets weren't happier than anybody else. Mm. And I know that, but to me, being a vet was everything. And getting, you know, grades for that at level was everything. But God worked through that, and I became a Christian. Amazing. I mean, I became a Christian. I first went to church in January... I got baptised at the end of May, that was the time when most people were getting baptised in a few weeks, but there was no way because there was too much to work done. I made Chevy. Has anybody seen the film La La Land? I love La La Land, it's about me and Chevy, La <laughs> Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, it's about me and Chevy. It's about what happened, or at least so nearly happened. I so nearly didn't become a Christian, but I became a Christian and I ended up with Emma Stone. <laughs> so, what's my point? My point is that Jesus tells this. The lay of the land is not straightforward. But God has his plans. And he plans for most unlikely people sometimes to become Christians and totally change their direction of their lives. And marry amazing people from Ireland whose mother wasn't very positive about this person <laughs> was rather I was a Catholic but I can't do about that God is working let me encourage us to think about that and try and remember just on a daily basis so the power of the cell is written to encourage us. It's written to look at life in a very realistic way. To look at the path and not be discouraged. To look at sort of the seeds that land on the shallow soil and not be discouraged. To... Look at seeds and land and the thorns, offices maybe, that actually are so keen and want to recursions, but then say no, mm. it's too difficult for me. Like I so nearly did. Mm. But then there's the good soil. And the good soil is out there. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think it is sometimes. Sometimes you think there's only thorns, there's only rocks, there's only path, but the soil is good. And Bournemouth will have an amazing church because of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to take communion now, and maybe we can think about this, a little as we take communion and we can think about how God will give us the strength to talk to the right people, invite the right people, invite the good soil, even though we have to persevere through all the other soils, one to 3 But it's so easy to get discouraged about. The difficult bit is done. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're remembering. That's why we're taking communion. The difficult bit is done. It's us Father, we thank you that the difficult part is done. We know too that the lay of the land is difficult. The lay of the land is not the way we would wish it to be at times. Father, I pray that for each of us, we would have the courage and the perseverance and the thick rubber tires we need, sometimes just to get through this land in which we live. Father, thank you that the hard work is done. Thank you that we can take communion now that reminds us that that has been completed. Thank you we take the bread that reminds us, the wine that reminds us of Jesus and his amazing sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.